Hello, hello, friends. This is Dante from the Wide Day Podcast. Welcome, you guys, to our season four, episode 12. The topic is going to be about simping and hypergamy. So these are all involved with dating. So I have myself and Shirley, Red Pill, and Alpha Monk. So let's get into it right now, guys. From the woman's perspective, if you're a simp, you're doing hypergamy completely wrong. Because then Absolutely. Yeah. you're not you're not seeking to better yourself to be more attractive to like oh. high caliber men. And you're also not like um you're you're just choosing whoever will come. And so, go ahead. So is that like basketball wives, like all that stuff, like those kind of wives, those trophy wives? Is that the same thing as simping with not intentional with Hypergamy, because you know the ones who just specifically go for to be a trophy wife. Yeah, I think even them, even they have stages. Those hypergamy, right? Yeah. yeah, I think even those women have. Like, <laughs> you know, that's like ultimate hypergamy right there. Yeah, I'm talking about women who will just accept a man just because he's a man and he's giving me attention. Like, you're right. not. There's no. Wow. There's no that's... benefit. There's no. You're not. You're not pushing your biological imperative to be with like the best male you're just accepting whoever and then you're losing a lot of resources like in the kind of like a psychological issue then you know she's just yeah. looking for a man i mean she's lost something or had a lack of their yeah. own father in her past so she's trying to find that that thing you know i'm gonna segue it's kind of funny I, I never liked when girls say daddy during sex that shit just throws me off man what really like, what? i might be that one dude Cause it just, it just, it's like, it's just the wrong, <laughs> just the wrong <laughs> title to call me in that situation. Cause I mean, if I flipped it, I can't call her mommy. You know what I'm saying? It's just not going to work that you way. You can. You got to say the Spanish accent. Exactly. I can say mommy. It's weird. Yeah. yeah it's but it's still kind of weird, man. I don't know. It's oh just me. Goodness. I just never liked that. I was just like, not Aren't you part Puerto Rican? You can pull it off. I could, but it's like, there's so many other nicknames I can call. She can call me the other, but yeah, every time. What's up, guys? This uh, happy Sunday. I know we're back at our episode. Welcome to the Y Day podcast. I got Aunt Shirley here. I got Red Pill, Markel, and then I got Alpha Monk, <laughs> Mondre. I mean, I know we're not using the real names here. If you guys want to still, we can. <laughs> but, the you know, <laughs> it don't matter. Tagging people and and live casting it kind of ruins the whole nickname thing. So, yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, this is episode 12, I think, man. We're, 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 we're not yeah. out these episodes out, man. We've been, we, yeah, 
we've been busy as hell on our end. So I'm in a new setting. So I'm in my room right now. I, I moved some shit around. I got some got a nice little studio right here. It was next to a window. Nice. So I can see people outside in front of my porch. <laughs> so it's perfect for me. Right. But um, yeah, guys. So the last episode I had, this is the first time we ever had a couple on our episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Aunt Shirley was on there. She was killing it. She had, uh, had a few questions to ask. A lot of things that hopefully it's helped you in a way where, you know, how couples work, especially during the quarantine times. Yeah. I know it's kind of tough right now. We're practicing social distancing. We're far away from each other right now, but we're all doing this all through digital. Shout outs to all the programs and things that's making it happen. But I will... We can recap. We can still recap on this interracial dating because I got last week was pretty interesting. So I'm going to try my best to mediate everything. <laughs> so let's, let's make sure we keep it quick, safe, and uh, not throwing knives at each other. So if you guys don't have anything you want to add on to it, you can from the last episode of interracial mm. dating. I think I've said my piece on interracial dating. Okay. I will add, though, for people who didn't see that episode or are now watching this episode, nothing wrong with interracial dating. You can date outside your race. It's totally okay. Yeah. Um, to second that, it's totally okay to date outside your race. I just think it's important to be conscious of the reasons why you are dating outside your race. And talking to um, the couple last week, um, they are both Asian. But there's also differences that they have even within their relationship. But one of the things that they said that um, was really important, that at least one of the things that like had impact on me, was um, the feeling of feeling at home with people who are within your race and not feeling like you're being exotified was really important. And that's what made um, their relationship like really strong. Yeah. Okay, okay. Were they the same race? Uh, one's Filipina third generation and then the other one's Vietnamese first generation and Chinese yeah yeah, he's yeah Mm. first gen yeah it's a little different I think a couple generations a little different three 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 third generations like you are like I mean I I hopped on and off uh, when I was watching it uh, yeah just to you know see what you guys are talking about so it seemed pretty cool yeah I know it was good man it was pretty good and how, how was how would you say their relationship was? Was it uh, a strong relationship or? Okay, so because of the quarantine, um, they're seeing each other constantly, mm-hmm. and one of them usually gets his money from events. So because everything's shut down, the income isn't as like he's it's not as much. Whereas she has a more stable career. So one of the things that um, quarantine is doing for their relationship is it's forcing them to either, or it's forcing them to like connect more, communicate more. Um, He's learning different ways to be masculine in the household. Um, And I think that, that that's a really strong relationship. I think quarantine is also forcing some couples to be like, you know, like really bickery. Like you're, you're, you're with them all the time. So it's like, um, it can be really tense if you don't like that person. So I think their relationship is getting stronger from my perspective. I don't know what you think, Dante. Um, yeah, I mean, from from what I saw, they they did have an understanding of, I mean, of each other. I know for a close, my he's a close friend of mine, Hui. So I've seen him through relationships, in and out of relationships. 
I mean, this, I feel like this is a little different. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's, uh, it is the understanding of he's, he's dated a few Filipinos, so he kind of understands, like, a little bit, a little bit. But um, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, they understand, like, financially, like, where they stand, how they're going to do that. That's pretty cool. That's kind of right. stuck out to me, how they're, you know, how they are switching in different roles because he's in and out. But, like, she didn't do it where it was um, offensive to his masculinity. Right. So she kind of said it in a way where it was, I mean, I don't know, maybe he did take it that way, but I feel like it wasn't, like, she put him on blast. Like, she was like, yo, like, he ain't making nothing. Like, you know, she didn't do that. But she did in a way where, like, yeah, right now in these times, it is difficult. Um, but, you know, we're, we're switching off, rotating. Um, so, I mean, I, I, it's hard to talk about finance, especially with with a man and, yeah, the they're making so it was uh, no, that's, it that's was, every man's insecurity is money, yeah, that's, that's an insecurity, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. We're not dinking it, man. No, what's the same term said? No money, no honey, man. Hurts. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was good. I think it was really good. So, if you guys ever want to tune on to the episode, it's right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right, so moving on to this topic. All right. So we've talked about class, social classes, financially classes, but now we're talking about a different, it's a word. What is it called? What is it again? (laughs) Hypergamy. Hypergamy. Okay. All right. So, can we get like an actual definition, a correct definition that you guys know? So we can explain to listeners that are listening on what it is. Hypergamy is the strategy that um, humans use in society to date above their social class. Um, to put it in the lamest terms, that's what that's what it is. Okay. That- Any- Anyone want to add on to that? <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know if you wanted us to or not. I just like yeah. I, I mean, I can go with that. I can go with that. That's cool. okay. All right. I mean, it's so the same agree. thing. It's, it's it, it, there's, a, there's an old term that it was about. It was more about marriage, and that was just you know, um, like she said, going for a higher social status. Uh, okay. Men who's have more. Back in the day, it used to be going for or men who had more money, uh, who had more to gain in life, and so the woman could you know adapt better and you know have a better chance for uh, a better life and for our kids and stuff like that so but nowadays people use it during any all any and all type of relationships uh, just a uh, upgrade if you will um, and I guess this con- this whole podcast is I guess for us to discuss all about the upgrade uh, the intentions of it good or bad um, is it natural is it something we should be doing or you know something we can divert something we could uh, you know so on and so forth but hopefully that'll add on to Anne Shirley yeah so Uh, just in general just to add to that too there's like a biological imperative right so there's this idea that women because they get pregnant and they can't reproduce as fast as men um and it takes a lot of energy to get pregnant birth a child raise that child that hypergamy make hypergamy is like um our way of getting paid for for that labor so like if you have a wealthy man who can take care of you and your children um there's a that's it's it's a biological necessity to gravitate to those types of men instead of men who can't take care of you and your children 
Um, mm. Yeah. And it, on the opposite side, I think there's a biological imperative for men too. They want to be with women who are feminine, women who can nurture their children, women who have good genes. And um, they choose women who generally have that versus women who um, can't. Because if the, if the species is trying to reproduce, then that's the whole point, right? So just to add on to hypergamy, that's why we do well, it. <clears throat> I did a little research into it and it, it, uh, it does delve deeper into it more of an, uh, a genetic and um, primal instinct type thing. Uh, it used to be women would go for, just like in nature still to this day, men are the ones who are more beautiful out of the animals. They right. have to be, you know, just to get the female. And uh, back in primal days, women would only go for the alpha male, which was the strongest and had the best genes and mm -hmm. had, you know, he can pass on his genes and they'll have a stronger family and so on. You know, he was the one who brought, you know, killed the animals, right. brought the food, provided for him and everything. And I think we've gotten a little away from that and it's become a little bit superficial and more mm -hmm. materialistic. And you see, you know, women with men who are genetically not strong, but they're, you know, they're mentally strong and they have great jobs and they have money and they can mm -hmm. provide for them financially, but mm -hmm. they're not giving them the genetic strength that they used to back in our ancestral days, mm -hmm. our primal days. And I think, you know, we should kind of get back to that, but, you know, it's kind of impossible to because we live in society and, you know, we're mm -hmm. civilized nowadays. We're not cavemen. Um, but yeah. I do see that. And I've always had an issue with that, you know, women just going for, and I'm not saying all women, but some women would just go for men just for the financial support, especially nowadays when they too can go for that themselves and get that same money. And then that way they can go and they can look for a mate for more emotional and more physical and more spiritual needs. And that those things can last because money, you can lose, a man can lose a job. He can invest in something and lose all of that. And, you know, mm -hmm. so I think money can only go so far, but I think women should really go back to more of the genetic thing and more of, uh, you know, the uh, biological thing and, and look for a stronger genetic man, you know, and hopefully that guy is going for, you know, a good job and, you know, financial support as well. Yeah, uh, I I wish we could too, but like we live in the Bay Area and a lot of, and the biggest industry here is tech, right? And so you see a lot of like tech bros who aren't like physically masculine, but they still walk in the world as very dominant men, like alpha-like. They think like, they they think very alpha-like. Um, and it's, be, I, I think I agree with you. Um, we should... Well, let me, let me be careful here. I agree with you. I do think women do choose men more based off of social status and not like biology or what makes them feel like emotionally connected. But it's because if we're thinking, if we're thinking biologically, if like that's the biological imperative, that it makes sense to choose a man who's like, maybe you don't have strong feelings for, but you know your children's children will be secured. Because that's, in my opinion, marriage is about that it's about securing your children's children's like provisions it's not really about love it's about um passing on legacy and so if you're going to pass on legacy and enter this contract like marriage i think it, it, you you should choose a man who can take care of you and just the way things are right now in society it's like it's not really based off of like emotional for men it's about like how how can you provide um, 
have you ever heard of the uh this thing where women women can't go back materially and men can't go by sec go back sexually like when they start dating people have you ever heard of that i've I'm, heard of that yeah okay, I i've heard a version of that yeah yeah i think Maybe. that's the same thing right like well they, they never go i never heard about the money aspect just that you know just the status part or you know the social status part they'll never go back if they if they reach a certain status like you know the guys uh they used to be dating sixes or whatever and then they find this guy's a nine and he's great in all aspects they're not going to go below that nine they're always going to continue to either find something just as good or better than that dude and vice versa the guy if he the guy starts dating a beautiful girl and he's always been with you know ragamuffins his whole life and then he's got this one beautiful girl if that breaks up he's gonna go for something just as good or better it's just the mm -hmm. best you know we all want better for ourselves and uh uh yeah a friend of mine told me that she i asked her uh just today i asked for her uh, advice and stuff or not advice just her suggestions or her opinions on it and she said hypergamy to her was good only if it benefited the two partners like if, if they if their intentions were great on it like if that if it was for a guy and his girlfriend wasn't giving him something physical she wasn't giving him attention she wasn't keeping herself up she wasn't taking care of herself then obviously he should look to upgrade and for the girls thing if you know the guy wasn't getting a job he was laying on his ass all the time he was mentally either physically or emotionally abusing her and he just wasn't shit, then yes, she should definitely start to upgrade, you mm -hmm. know, and it, it should be a way of doing it. You shouldn't just drop the person. You should always try to figure it out, you know, and work it through it just so you can become a stronger person through that. But if it just doesn't work and you're just not compatible with that person, then you should definitely upgrade. So I yeah. give her a shout out for that. Uh, Sprite, I'll give you a shout out for that. I, that's, that's her nickname. So. That's beautiful. I agree. But I would ask then, like, how about when we're dating? Let's say I don't have a partner. Um, most of my, my most frustrating relationships with men have been with men who are, of like, who are less than me in social status. And what I mean by that is, like, they, they haven't finished school. They don't have cars. They're working a job. And it's just, like, it, it's, just, it's just something to come by. Whereas... Um, I, I'm not in that position and I don't plan on being in this position in the next five years. So like oftentimes when, cause I've heard you say like women naturally gravitate to dating men who are like alpha males, like men who have a lot of social status. Um, I find that <sighs> that's true to some degree, but the men are generally more frustrated if the woman's of higher social status than him and he's not alpha then alpha doesn't care if the woman is is at a higher social status or not he doesn't care about that shit he's more concerned about himself and where he's at at his higher social status and it doesn't necessarily mean if he's popular in social media or not it's, right. it's if he's confident if he can walk in a room and he can control it if he needs to be if he can go into uh, a job and he can talk to his boss on the same level without being intimidated you know, these types of things, you know, he takes life full head. He doesn't really give a shit, uh, you know, what people think, mm -hmm. uh, as long as he doesn't get anybody's way, shit like that. You know, it's like I, I was reading on uh, the stoic man and, and the generation nowadays has it kind of wrong. You know, they, they've always thought, or well, not always, but they've 
recently been thinking stoic men are uh, unemotional men. And when I was reading the, the origins from stoic, stoicism uh, actually involved men and women, and it was actually being comfortable and being confident in your emotions and actually being able to tell those things and uh, not giving two shits about what people think. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's actually having true control and power over yourself and being comfortable in your own skin. That to me, that's what an alpha is. And uh, women do gravitate towards that. You know, you can be an alpha and work at McDonald's and you can, you can pull chicks left and right. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, it just, it's, it's who you are as a person and they see that. And, you know, on top of that, if you have good genes, you know, you're healthy, your family's somewhat healthy, you know, I mean, everybody has issues and stuff, but you're healthy, uh, you're working towards something. And mm-hmm. that's all a woman needs, man. That's all she truly needs. I've heard that from every woman I've dated and all my female friends as well. It's like, that's all they need. Even my friends with benefits said the same thing. That's the one thing they like about me is because I'm constantly moving and I'm never the same as I was last year. So mm-hmm. it's like, e- even though I'm not famous now or I'm not fully financially successful, I will get there and they can see that. Yeah. And I think a lot of men, if they continue to do that, just like I was talking, uh, when we were talking in our, our group talk, uh, if a lot of men just continue to do that, work on themselves and continue just focusing on themselves, not pushing the girl out, not keeping her closed out of anything, but just continue that shit. She'll find that attractive. You know, he's, he's working this shit out. He's still going. He's still, you know, that strong man. He's still working his ass off. He's still making sure he's good, making sure he's healthy. He's making sure everything. He's doing all these things for himself first, but also to be there for her as well. Because no woman wants a weak dude, right? You don't want a dude who can just fold at, at any hard problems, you know? Oh, a simp, right? Want that. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, no simp, no simp. Was it what song? I don't want to scrub. Was that? Yeah, TLC. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> TLC. Like, right. You really just quoted a TLC quote, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sure. laughs> you oh, really yeah. just quoted one, huh? It Damn. was relevant. Okay, okay. You know. Right. <laughs> I don't want no scrub. Scrub ain't getting get no love for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the passages, right? right. The best friends, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I, so I think I, one of the... Go ahead. All right. I'm just going to add in real quick about yeah. the whole hypergamy thing, right? So for me, I think it's really hard to talk and think about hypergamy once you start moving away from educational status and financial status and social status, right? I think when you start talking about like just generally just kind of like perceived value, right? But not in the financial, educational, or social sense. Like it's really, really tough to call it hypergamy, right? Because I think at that point, it's more so a reflection on you. Like if your girl leaves you for someone who's not like on paper better than you in any of those three formats, it's like really tough to call it hypergamy. And then I still have a hard time looking at hypergamy literally just out of, outside of the like financial sense, especially once you get over like once you get out of like the like high school age, right? In the high school age, yeah, if you're a little bit nerdy, your girl might leave you for a jock, right? But once you start actually becoming like an adult over the age of 25, like mm-hmm. did you go to school? Did you get a degree? Do you have a job? Do you have like the, the house, the car, right? All these things or are you suffering from, and this sounds really bad, but it's called, you know, the motherhood penalty. Like are you suffering from that? Like where do you sit in the social rankings? It's kind of hard for me to even consider hypergamy without, especially education and financial. Right. Yeah. So actually, I was looking at, um, at some studies just because it was like, all right, like I needed 
I have my own anecdotal evidence. I have things that I've read in books that could or could not be called like pop science, right? right. So I was like, I need something like for real, like something that's like, gonna give me some insight in hypergamy. And so I found this study and it was, uh, well, also one of my criteria was the person who did the study had to be a woman, she had to be American. Those yeah. are like my things. She has to be a woman and she has to be American, right? And, um, and this is on the, I'm gonna call the brighter side of hypergamy. There is a darker side of hypergamy, which no one's mentioned yet. And it's women leaving men for higher status and higher value men with nothing inherently being wrong with the ones they have, right? Yeah. I'm sure we'll get to that eventually when we get down to simping, but uh, <laughs> on the brighter side. So it, is, it, was, it was the, so, God, I'm about to butcher her name, right? I think it was Yun Chin, right? Uh, she was Chinese American. She did a study based on the census, right? And what she did um, was basically she looked at educational levels and then looked at income disparities, right? She felt like that was the fairest way to tell if there's hypergamy. Because like when you look at it, this super broad spectrum, it's really hard to nail it down and call it hypergamy. So for her, she was like, we're going to focus on educational and financial, right? Because before when education wasn't readily available to women and the workplace wasn't readily available to women, right? Actually, not so long ago, it was like that. <laughs> like That was true hypergamy. Right? Yeah, like, 1950s. You owned a farm, but this guy was a banker on Wall Street. She can't work or go to school and she has to pick between you two. You know what I mean? Right. So since it got harder because women are in the workforce, actually women now outnumber men in terms of, she call it non-farm labor, right? And then we've all heard about like how women are going to school in greater amounts than men. So when you look at educational levels of couples where the man has a much higher education level than the woman, he is on average and trending the top earner, right? When you look at couples where they have equal or very, very near similar education levels, there is a greater number that have an equal income, right? But still trending, men are higher earners. But what got really interesting for me was when you looked at women who had a much higher educational level than the men they were with, right? On average, so I believe of those couples, I think 28%, which is 28% women earn more than men. But what they found was just women at that, I'm sorry, when you were like a PhD or you have your doctorates, right, or you're a lawyer, like it's really hard to find other men with that same educational level because they're typically already married because of the age you get these accolades, right? Um, they cared much, much less about like the educational level of their men but it's still trended towards their men and higher income levels. Interesting. And that to me, I was like, so maybe we can't say across the board hypergamy isn't real, but financial hypergamy, totally a real thing. And then I was like, okay, so I branched outside of the U.S. just a little, right? So it was a study done by, uh, it was at the Oxford University and Stockholm University. They did a very, very similar study and they found the same exact things. Right. But what they did find was the disparities, like the numbers of percent of, of women who were earning much more than the men they were with was way more common in younger couples. Which, that doesn't make sense, especially nowadays. People are obsessed with material possessions and especially looking in the good on uh, Instagram I mean, and stuff. So. Yeah, especially in the States. I know in some cultures, I know that uh, Kylie posted something about that. Some cultures like India and China, it's considered 
they practice by women. Families that want their daughters to marry up. I mean, um, well, um, I was told that India's kind of like changed. They've they've uh, been progressive in the last uh, five to six years. Yeah. So they've uh, released a a lot of the uh, oppression they have on women. So yeah, uh, China is oof. But I think any arranged marriage is some a form of hypergamy in the family, just because yeah. they usually want to marry their daughter off to uh, a wealthy family or a better off family. So, and they still do that in the Middle Eastern uh, countries and stuff. So it's, it's someone, uh, someone commented and said, also- go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say as women earn more education and earn more money, it becomes harder to find a man who's of higher status than you and who's willing to be with you. Like your dating pool shrinks. Whereas with men, as they grow more in social status, their their dating preference expand. So like if we were to look at it on a triangle, um, maybe the top 10% of men get like a large pick of women um, mm-hmm. versus if the top 10% of women, um, it's just the if the top 10% of men are able to have access to all types of women and the top 10% of women can only access men who are of higher status than them, their dating pool shrinks. So they generally tend towards dating men who are um, of less um, social status than them, or at least financially in in an education. Um, Usually it doesn't work out because the men don't like the woman to make more money. Right. And so then, so that's awkward, right? Like yeah. there's a lot of wouldn't be so quick to say usually education and finances because they did what the study was based off from 1980 to 2012 American census. It's still women want as women are accepting the fact that men cannot always match them on an educational level. They're still striving for men of a higher financial level. Right. As proven by when there's a big disparity between educational levels, women are still trying to ensure that guys getting paid. You got paid for it. And men with a lot of money tend to go for women who don't have money just because that's a more secure way of keeping their woman if they don't have anything else to offer. So about a woman's social status, they care about like how feminine she is. Femininity is like, it's like currency. Well, you can still be uh, a woman who makes a lot more money and still be feminine. It's just about the power control. Have you seen usually women, women who have a lot of money, like I, I've had friends who dated lawyers and doctors and make a lot of money. They, they want more power over the relationship. And if they do right. make more money, they will use that over the guy's head. So right. usually the guy will go for a girl who makes less money just because he has that form of power over her. I'm just saying if he doesn't have anything else to offer, just like I was saying who yeah. Alpha truly is. You know, Alpha doesn't have to make money. So he can, he can still keep a girl without having that financial security as long as he has other things that you know she's uh, so. desiring and need. So I'm going to throw some stats to y'all, some, some stats to y'all asses. All right. So it was on Reddit. So, so this is Reddit. Reddit is a shit. So they, they got this study from, cause you guys are saying studies, but you guys aren't giving us any references. This is, I'm giving you guys references here. Um, it's based off of OkCupid. OkCupid. No, 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 no. I, I could <laughs> no, I went on the website Wikipedia, and I went to another link. Shit, and I did my shit, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> you the first search result on Google, right? Okay. So, 
I got a Bing.com to get all my information. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, 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 uh, y'all let me say the stats <laughs> or what? <laughs> I, I asked my four-year-old. Hey, what you Are we going to just go on with that? All right. So I they call said, up Malcolm all the time and ask him. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. No, go ahead. All right. All right. So ahead, they claim the result of hypergamous nature. 80% of women will seek sex with 20% of men. So 20% of men will end up having sex with 80% of the female population. Or 20% of the men will have 80% of the sex. Females will generally share an alpha or wait for the alpha, then settle with the beta. So this is Great. absolutely 2019. Yeah, I quoted this like 12 episodes ago, man. Hey, man. I remember I mentioned that. Yeah. You did. All right, but it's relevant, right? Like, if you're on yeah, the- super relevant. Like, so, uh, I mean, we, we we can have this discussion about it, saying, "Oh yeah, this is how it." But like, honestly, this is like facts, factual shit. I mean, this is really yeah. like, it is. It's not like something we. Oh well, there's there's other ways. It's like okay, there's that there's that like eighty percent, and there's a twenty percent. That's like okay. I mean, um, I personally have talked to women who were making a lot of money more than I was. And they did have an ideal of having this type of situation was where they, I was in the way of getting to where they want to go. Like it was, if they wanted to travel and do live their life because they're used to being single for the rest of their time. So for them to find someone that's like them, they're trying to find someone that's like them. And then they complain about someone who's like them, who's a fuck boy. So it was just like, okay, so you're kind of like, you mean, and um, it does kind of like hit you hard because like you're thinking about it like, okay, well, I don't do those things, but I don't know if that makes any resonate with any of you guys. But for me, that's what I've noticed. And it's based off my experience of it, yeah. but they're, they're seeking out people like who are women who are massively successful. I generally don't give a shit. Um, but that, they see that as like, oh, he probably is, you know, going to attack me or he wants me for the money or whatever the case may be. I know we don't care. I want I want to make my own money, my own money anyway. So that's just how I be. That's how I am. I'm sure, that's how most fellas on here are like. But you know, that's well. Most of the time, you know, women who make a lot of money, they're intelligent and they're smart. And if they know that the dude they're with, if he doesn't make that much money, they know that he's like striving for something. And then that's all they need. You know, that's uh, that's if you're actually doing that shit. You know, you're not just sitting on the couch and be like, yeah, one day I'm gonna do this, baby. You know, I got all these dreams. You're not doing shit every day. Then, yeah, of course she's done. You're like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, yeah. I could have dated somebody in the same office that I work at or, you know, somebody a couple of floors above me, you know. Yeah. But there's a reason why she started dating that dude in the first place. So it you know, has to be something. True. It's facts. Um, I kind of belong to the camp of like, like for me, it's like if you're alpha, like one of the most alpha traits you could have in America is to be financially literate. Like, information is free. One of the, so the most alpha thing, I think we'll all agree here, the most alpha thing is self-reliance. Like, nothing is more alpha than taking care of yourself. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing is worth right? You are emotionally independent. You are fi- hopefully working towards financial independence, right? You are outcome independent. Like, what matters is, did you do what you intended to do, right? right? Like, your effort outweighs the outcome. And so, yeah. if, when you're like that, right, I think women are like, well, you're alpha enough where they'll, they'll date you if you're making less than them. But if you don't have that sharp financial literacy, because it could just be like a lifestyle thing, right? Let's say you have an incredible lifestyle because you have no debt and you don't really have a lot of bills and you're only making like 50 grand a year, right? 
and then she's making like a hundred grand, but she has like student loans, she has this, that, and the other. So it's it's not so much about like who really brings in the most. It's like I think who's better with their money also matters mm-hmm. in the situation because we all know people who make close to six figures and we're like, how are you still paycheck to paycheck? Dude? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. some of us work in retail and we're making it happen. <clears throat> like, like I'll tell you my homie that uh makes two hundred grand and he's got like four kids and a mortgage and three cars. He's just he's always worried about money all yeah. the time. But I remember uh getting girls that they just thought it was crazy and, and awesome that I moved out here from Kansas by myself. You know, drove twenty four hours by myself, moved out here, struggled, got everything, went through four years of school, yeah. everything by myself. Just that alone would uh would give me that that key to get in. It just it again, you know, I, I don't know how much I can express it, just as long as guys are, you know, striving for something, you know, trying to make something of themselves. Like uh, Red Pill said, you know, as long as you're going towards that financial success and that financial freedom, then that's yeah. all you can ask for. I agree. Yeah, I agree. That, that is what makes a man attractive is if he's trying to gain higher in social status, yeah. right? And, um, and all the, all the qualities and skills of a man that that requires, being self-reliant, being very self-focused and linear thinking, these are all things that we would like umbrella under masculinity. And this is what women like. Women like masculine men. And what makes them attractive is like trying to gain higher in that social status. What's unattractive, however, is the opposite of that, where um, they aren't trying to gain more um, they're dependent on their woman partner to kind of hold the social status for the family. Yeah. And there's no, like, there's no real effort. And I think that's where the conflict happens, no matter where she is on that social scale herself. If yeah. the man isn't striving for something, then it's, then there's, he's not really seen as a man. Yeah. I so agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Why are we all agreeing? This is I don't weird. know. We're supposed, we're supposed to all like argue and debate <laughs> what's going on. Um, okay, so I'll move on to the questions that you guys post here. Uh, we already talked about our thoughts on hypergamy. The ben- what are the benefits? We already talked about that. What are some of the cons dating hypergamy? And what are the benefits? Did we already kind of talked about that? I have something to add with that, though. Cons and like benefits and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think the only benefit hypergamy has to men is incentive, right? Because when you look at hypergamy, and my definition is social status, right? Like, if you're trying to use, like, biological imperatives here, men look at women for fertility. Right. Fertility, and I would even throw Mm -hmm. in willingness for intimacy and companionship, right? Uh, Because I also, I wanted to know, like, one of the questions that we might touch on was like, who's more hypergamous, men or women, right? When you look at hypergamous from social status, I was like, okay, well, I went into Google and I typed in what do men want? Like, and then it's like, I autofilled to what do men want in a woman. And I went to the first 20 articles that I saw and not once did I see anything to do with finances or social status. Right. Almost everything was companionship, willingness for intimacy, and emotional uh, discipline. It's like the three things that every man wants in a woman. Femininity. Right. So, <clears throat> God, I told you, I was going to make a point here. Oh, benefits, right? I think women have so much more to gain on hypergamy than men. 
like I said, the only benefit hypergamy really presents to men is incentive to do better. Like okay. other than that, you know, it's not really something that men typically do. But again, if we go back to biological imperatives, um, if the man's biological imperative is to have as many seeds as possible, as many strong offspring as possible, then it makes you, you can't base it off of, like you said, social status. We base it off of fertility. Now, if the children, that means if we can accept that, then we must understand then that a man's imperative to have as many strong, like his bloodline secure, is how he, again, validates his masculinity. So it's more than just like, I don't think it's unfair to men. I think men are constantly searching for the next best, attractive, more feminine woman even if they're in a relationship, because that's their biological imperative. Mm. Whereas, uh, whereas with women, <clears throat> their biological imperative is to take care of children, raise children, and make sure that those children are n- nurtured. Right. So again, that's why we, or at least if we're talking about masculinity, and if you're saying how, um, or hypergamy and we're saying how like it doesn't it really doesn't benefit men it's not actually true because like it's their biological need to find feminine women who can um produce strong offspring that's not hypergamy well you weren't talking about hypergamy you were talking about why hypergamy doesn't benefit men the only benefit is incentive because men aren't looking for social status right. in the partner. That's why hypergamy doesn't really exist for men. Now, personally, I could say, I do like social status on a woman. I do look at a woman's educational levels, family background. So I guess in a way I can say, personally, I'm a little bit hypergamous. That matters to me, right? I want to date someone who's intellectual, has financial literacy, those are the points for me. But that's not something generally men want. Um, hypergamy, in the definition of social practice, of choosing a partner above your social status, we just, we, that's not. No, we agree. Identity, fertility, those yeah. are things we look at, not social status. So it's right. not hypergamy. Oh, yeah, the words, I'm sorry, I, let me stand corrected. It's actually hypo, hypogamy, which is where you don't look at social status, you look at other things. So if like for yeah. women. We're talking about hypergamy though. Right. But I'm talking about men in this regard, right? We are agreeing that they're both not hypergamous. They're not looking at social status but they're right. looking at women's femininity. They're mm-hmm. not, they're looking at who can produce, like I'm, I'm just mirroring what you're saying is what I'm saying. And I'm standing corrected. Men aren't hypergamous. They do not care about women's social status, but they do care about who is more mm-hmm. feminine for biological reasons. Right, which we probably has like another name for it. But when you look at hypergamy for social status, the only benefit it presents to men is incentive to do better or and when you say do better are you talking about like be more masculine uh be more masculine be more financially fit be more physically fit be more emotionally fit but it plays back into his own survival right like if you just look at let's look at let's take peacocks for example the male peacock is beautiful right? right 
and the the male peacock who has the most like extravagant dance mm -hmm. is the alpha he's the one who gets to who gets to mate with all the hens right right so if women are choosing men who are alpha who are of higher social status mm -hmm. and it's a man's biological imperative to mate then hypergamy isn't just beyond incentive it's or, i mean it's not just incentive to be like a, a man it's his biological need because if right. he isn't if he isn't alpha then he won't reproduce exactly. and so what's the point so of the benefit to men is to be better to be more fit well i would just go further to say it's like his yeah first it's the survival of his right. of because his if he didn't if he didn't have to if he didn't have to be more fit or be the best dancing bird right then it's like and he could just get any girl he wanted just because he wanted that girl then like you know hypergamy wouldn't even be a thing but because it is a thing, we we agree we basically just said yes to the same thing that the benefit of hypergamy to men is for men to be better men and to be more dateable partners right yeah and for women it's for support birds. and security for your own survival be the best dancing bird <clears throat> that's the benefit right. of hypergamy to men Right. The question is, is, is people doing that now? Are they doing it with the biological imperative? Are they just doing it for social superficial status? I think for the most part, the biological imperative part is really subconscious, right? Oh, yeah. I know for me, when I see women with lots of curves, I'm not thinking, oh, she's going to give me great babies. I know my subconscious, my reptile brain is thinking that, right? Or a little cerebellum in the back is like literally just taking the visual outline it's like, oh, great babies. But for me, I'm not thinking that. My like prefrontal cortex is not happening there. Mm. It's like, oh, she's hot. I don't know why she's hot. She looks great, so she's hot. Yeah, I'd agree. It's it's the same. Um, we we are <laughs> biological animals, but like we're also human beings, and right. so we use different things to kind of promote that social status. And for men, that can be having a really nice car, or being really athletically built, or being as a woman like you show that you're a strong feminine, you can reproduce biologically by like being super curvy um, and having like really feminine features, for example. So, so yeah. then I would think my own person is that we're not really doing a justice towards evolving because to evolve is to weed out the weakest. So if we're not going for genetic superiority, we're not looking for genetic superiority in our, our uh, partners, then right. we're just looking for superficial things that can be gone in a gust of wind, like money, our cars, our social status, or anything like that. Then we're not really going for strong genetic codes. We're not going for to further our children to have stronger offspring anymore. Right. So that, that will leave us to what we are dealing with now. We have more ignorant, narcissistic people than we ever have. We have people who can't handle situations we have people who rather ignore things or avoid things than actually uh, live up to them or admit to them or, you know, whatever. It's just we've become weaker as a species mentally and in, you know, probably not physically, but mentally and emotionally we have, you know, and it's because we're not going for the same things anymore. We're not striving for to better ourselves as far as in a relationship. People tend to get in relationships and I'll go off of what uh, Red Pill said. I think men do, they're in, it's incentive to work better. And it's, it's after the girl has left them for hypergamy. After they've seen that she's left them for this guy who has all this money and stuff like that, they're like, shit. And then so the best thing they can do, they can't get money overnight. So what all they can do is lose this weight, work out, 
work on their minds, make their ships sharp and keen again. Like I was saying in our, uh, our, um, chat, uh, chat. Yeah. Our group chat. It's like, that, that's what I meant. It's like men should always maintain that sharp keenness. They should always take care of themselves and always be the best they can be no matter in a relationship or not. It's not one foot in one foot out. Uh, and that was my fault because this is the wording I was saying in that group chat, but it's never one foot in, one foot out. It's just keeping your mind sharp, being mm-hmm. the best you can be, because that will go, you know, it's osmosis. It would, it would go with throughout your genes and it would uh, pass on to your children, the way you teach your children, the way you raise them, stuff that's for us, and you'll create this stronger child. You know, that's, that's the whole thing of offspring, you know. Uh, your offspring is always going to be a percentage stronger than that of their their parent. That's just how evolution works. But we've slowed down because we're not going for the stronger genetics. We're going for this dude who has a car and he has money and stuff. Now he may be able to support you and he may have a great financial job and he may know a lot of people. And he may be able to get the best medicines and all that type of stuff. But who knows? He might have a long history of, uh, I don't know, um, anemia or uh, kidney disease or something of that nature but you gave him up because you can get a car you know you can get you know whatever you want financially but you gave up the guy who had great genes who was working for something but didn't really have all that stuff i think that's that's when it becomes a real problem you know but uh yeah i can see where it's problematic because here in the bay area specifically there's a high rate of children who are autistic now autism is something that is genetically inherited but if you look also, like in the Bay Area, there's a strong emphasis on technology. And autistic minds generally gear toward science and engineering and all the STEM careers because the way the autistic mind sees things, um, it's just it's just as phenomenal in that environment. And so if there's like in the Bay Area, like a large emphasis on technology and you're noticing a trend of more autistic children being born, I think we could also say, like, biologically speaking, they're still tending towards what's fit for that environment. Maybe in an well, there, there's Yeah, there's no doubt that we'll, we're continuing to evolve. But what the graph I saw that, like, the last hundred, yeah. hundreds of years, I thought for how it was like 400 years, we've been on this plateau. Or like, no, I'm sorry, 200 years, we've been on this kind of plateau. Like, technology-wise, mentally-wise, we're getting, we're getting smarter and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, because we are evolving technology-wise. But... It's uh, it's it's giving it. It's we're lacking in so much more that it, it's ultimately not going to help us out in the end. We're going to have all so this vast technology. What's up? So much more what? Because I think Anne Shirley had the perfect point. I mean, if you look at crocodiles. They haven't changed in millions of years because they it works. Know. But they so they've been alive a lot longer we than we have too. Yeah. Yeah, and it just works for them, right? So yeah. they've been the same for a very long time because it works for them. Yeah. So I think look at the graph and be like, oh, we haven't changed in 200 years. Well, have we had to? Right. Because in well, areas where like it takes a lot longer, but huge. it takes a lot longer to evolve than 200 years. But what I'm talking about is as far as the social and the mind, how it works towards uh, marriage. And uh, I'm just going back to hypergamy. I'm trying to throw that into hypergamy. We can talk about evolving as far as the human and everything uh, later. But I'm just trying to throw that in as far as the hypergamy goes when. Right. They used to, we used to date and we used to go out and look for higher genetic. Even in the 40s and 50s, people would go for a more handsome man. You know, he's stronger, stuff like that. You know, we've gotten kind of away from right. let's sell our daughter like she's cattle because we can bring the family together. But 
is just, I, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I've seen it in the last like decade. You got these gorgeous, genetically beautiful women that look, you know, like they're genetically beautiful. And then they have these, these ogres, you know, that, that are halfway alive, you know, they're diabetic nightmares, you know, and they're just like, <laughs> like what the hell is going on? It's like, I, I mean, yeah, he might make you yeah. laugh and everything, but then you see their kids and their kids are overweight already. And it's like, what the okay. hell are you but doing? But does that have to do with the genetic material passed down or poor health values in the family? Right? Probably both. One of the things you can even say is like, okay, this guy has a nice car. He has a lot of money. He has access to great health care. Right. Well, I was saying that. Yeah, my but... end of life will be much better. Right. So maybe, maybe this guy but... does have anemia. Right. And my kids might have anemia, but he also has a $3 million trust fund for our potential kids. So whatever anemic problems they have will be taken care of by Kyle. So it's okay if you have a gener <laughs> generation after generation of anemia, as long as they're wealthy. Okay. And then see, this, this, is why, this is how we have the uh, inbred royal family. Because you know, <laughs> they thought that was okay to keep having sex with their family members as long as they're rich. So, you know. Well, you also what I'm saying too is okay. like, it, it really is in a way kind of like the survival of the fittest thing. I get what you're saying, right? Like the biggest, let's say like out, out deer, right? Like the biggest buck may not be the smartest buck, right? But he's the one who's going to smash, right. right? But I think when you look at society that has a sense of self and while we have many very overarching values, you have some others that are a little bit different. That's when I said like hypergamy is really hard to nail down. Like it's really hard to get down to one thing, which is why I think personally it should really just be proven social status, financial and educational. I think beyond that, it's really hard to call it hypergamy. It's hard to like make it palpable. Right. right? So what, what I was trying to think was just like, you say in terms of hypergamy, I mean, I think there is still some sense of like going for genetics because the top 20% of men are still banging the other 80% of women. So it's like, it, I, I don't think they're just the top 20% because there is a Ferrari in their, like, in their profile photo. Because when a girl meets this dude, oh, she's yeah. going to know, like, okay, like, you're an idiot. Right. Like, you are a real idiot, or you're incredibly arrogant, you're incredibly stupid. And now that you have the rise of women who are financially literate and in the workforce and have school education, they're seeing past idiots more and more. Yeah. You know, I will add that they, they have said uh, in uh, medical studies that women – uh, right before their menstrual cycle, they go for attractive, stronger genetic men, right. and then afterwards they look for men who are more secure and, and that more has financially to do with the, the feminine solipsism, right? Like, like it's like this dichotomy of what a woman wants. A woman wants a good father figure and good genetic material, and it's very rarely the same person. Yeah, yeah. nowadays, especially yeah. So it's right. really hard for her to find someone who would be a good dad versus who would be great genetic material. Because yeah. they have great genetic material, it's just he's not hanging around. He's just banging yeah. a bunch of chicks. Social yeah. <laughs> imperative. So, right. So, so I'm gonna continue on with the questions too. Um, I know we're we're kind of getting a little bit over on this one, but I'm gonna get through the questions because there's a couple things I do want to talk about. And one of them is we already know it's real. Um, let's see. Let's see. How about like in a way? Can we talk about? Uh, an end game result like how do we work around hypergamy because i know that be better that's it it's just men they need to work like there's that um you can't ask women to not be hypergamous right because it's like you're telling her settle for less that doesn't make sense for her right like why would she do that right yeah you're like look you could have this guy who's really really healthy and has a, good, a lot of money but because we don't like hypergamy go date this scrub like that doesn't make any sense to her 
Why would she do that? And as, and as a man, like, I think men are really blessed in the fact that women judge us almost solely on things we can control, except for height. Yeah, right. <laughs> except for height. We can control anything a woman is going to judge us on. And I think in a way that should make men feel really, really good. Because, like, look, man, if you're, like, 5'4", yeah, like, I'm sorry, but you can still become a millionaire. Yep. You can still become extremely strong in the mind. You can still be really, really fit, right? Have you seen those wrestlers? Have you seen like wrestlers in low weight classes? Have you seen the flyweight MMA guys or in powerlifting weight classes and stuff? Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they, they, they throw up a lot, like three times their weight. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's like, crazy. I feel bad for women because like, if you get stuck with like bad bone structure, like your only options are surgery. Right. And that yeah. doesn't appeal to everybody. So true. <laughs> You'll still get passed on to the next generation, though. That, that, you know, <laughs> right? Nothing you can do about that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, sorry to interrupt you, but you see it like with women, right? Or with women like uh, Kylie Jenner, for example, right? right? Biologically, not the most feminine, but through surgery, she's been able to become a bombshell, and that. Even though she's a billionaire, she presents in a very hyper feminine way, and she's been able to ch- attract like masculine men. It's not a it's not a coincidence that that family is attracted to mostly black men. Black men are considered like the top of the masculine scale. So They're yeah. Facts. Sorry. What do you two think? What do you two think? I mean, I think it's facts. They're not wrong. That's facts. <laughs> of course, Dante thinks it's facts. Um, yeah. yeah. Shout outs to that, man. Shout outs to the brothers out there, man. Just Hell yeah. I'm only part crying, black. Man. You know? I'm the part that uh, gives me the most. <laughs> you know, you know, we, we were going through it, man. It's it, it's it's troubling times, man. But I, I see people going through this and, and killing it. So hey, my hold, on life, hold on real quick. Real, I'm super sorry. Everyone make a smile. I'm going to take a screenshot. I just realized we got only black people here, and I'm kind of... Aww. I'm going to take a screenshot real quick. Well, the live stream's over anyway. I got I to gotta open up again. Right. So we got time. Aww. Right. Okay. There we go. Right. <laughs> I just did that real quick. I just realized... You need to post that somewhere. We, we were cracking jokes. I was like, hold up. We got only brothers and sisters in here. So, <laughs> go real quick. We go real quick. All right. Hey, hey put, so, put them on, man. <laughs> yeah, I saw this. I saw this. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say it. But <laughs> well, but I was like, "Is it summer? If white folk ain't comparing their skin to you yet?" <laughs> hey guys, we're gonna take a thirty-second pause and to jump into some other content. We'll jump right back into the episode right after this in a bit. Stay tuned. Hey guys, just giving you guys a quick reminder. That we have a website for Why Day Podcast. It's on www.ydaypodcast.com where we have all the platforms where all this episode is on. And we're on SoundCloud, Apple, Google Play, and we're also on uh, Spotify. So, and we also actually have this video, um, the episode of the video, on our YouTube channel, on the Why Day Podcast web, uh, YouTube channel, which is also in that website. And we have a Patreon website as well. Now, if you guys want to donate $5 a month, is we're going to give you guys the all-exclusive behind-the-scenes content where 30, 45 minutes prior, before the episode, we're going to have a Q&A, a live Q&A 
with the guest speaker that we have here. Sometimes we typically have dating coaches. We have motivational speakers on here. So any questions you guys want to ask, feel free to do that. Go on to it's also on the Patreon website on our, our on our Why Date podcast episode, and just put it in there. And or if you want to just become a Patreon and get all the exclusive content, it's also in there too as well. But all right, don't want to take too much of you guys' time. Get back into the episode right now. All right, guys. So we're going to start it off with simping. Simping? 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 Okay, simping. Okay, okay. Got it. I got it. Okay. So can you guys give a quick by quick definition, a true definition of this? And the question I want to ask you guys is how does simping, simp influence hypergamy? Does submission to women's desires make you less or more successful in dating or vice versa? So, yeah, we'll get the definition and ask that question. So, whichever you guys have confidence in in that, we'll start it off. So, what's the true definition? So, the best definition of simping I was able to find, right? And I'm going to make it gender neutral because I think this can apply to both genders, right? When you infatuate over a person, allowing them to take over your mind and cause you to do things for them you wouldn't normally do at your own detriment. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's a good, that's a great definition. Um, women, I think the word for women is like being codependent and it's so disgusting. Like, ah, and she, she's, you see women who like, will give up everything, their entire identity in order to be like, um, almost like a slave to a man. And it's, I, I, in my opinion, I don't think you can like earn a man's respect that way by like being whatever he, like whatever he wants. Like you have no identity. Oh, and it's so gross. Like she can't do, she can't do anything without him. It's like, it's basically asking to be a child and um asking your partner to be your father or like your master and i just said master (laughs) i just can't get with that i mean i I mean in a relationship like not in other ways i agree i would paint a quick scenario and as soon as i say this like hopefully everyone who listens to this recording and everyone's watching the live stream is going to be like oh yeah yeah so i think (laughs) ultimate female simp Right, this is like the most classic case of female sympathy. Made that up. Female sympathy I've ever heard is when a woman is like feeding over a guy who's in a relationship. Right, so she is the side chick. She's allowing this dude to do her dirty. He's not calling her. He's not texting her. They're not going out in public. He just raw dogging her in the back of his Dodge Charger. Right, like that's. That's <laughs> like, the <that's>, Charger. <laughs> <laughs> he said charger <laughs> right so like, that's the ultimate female simp so if you are a side chick and you're listening to this you are a simp a raw dog in the back of a charger and he's not calling you afterwards you know he's in a relationship you are a simp okay question <laughs> yeah is she's okay so i agree with you but based off of like the hypergamy thing if only 20% of, like, attractive, strong men get to choose, like, out of all women, 
Yeah. Then, and if his biological imperative is to be with as many women as possible, yeah, I think there's a difference between side chicks if she's like gaining some gaining something from it. Well, like, I mean, if she's like waiting for him to call and she's like doing <laughs> self-deprecating things, and I mean, right? Yeah. There's a point about it. I mean, it's kind of like, look, well, he's not really respecting you, right? Like, he's only calling you at like 10:30 at night, earliest. He's not respecting you. Like, what is she gaining? She's not gaining anything except uh, for that, that moment of time that's that he gives her. Right. I hate it. It's just his attention. Like mm. that. That like the yeah. fact that he <clears throat> can spend five seconds. 10, I don't know, an hour with him. And then yeah. that's it. Right. And like I said, you're at an emotional detriment to this person, right? Because like over infatuation. And I'm not going to include people who are like in domestic violence situations, people who are like being like truly gaslighted, right? Yeah. Like emotional abuse. Because it's like she's in a position to walk away. You know what I mean? Like she really is. Like in other situations, it's less black and white, but in this one, it's not, right? Yeah. this dude who's not going to give her more he's only going to use her for sex and she's going to cry to her girlfriends every single time he doesn't answer her texts or he goes for like a week at a time she's a simp she's oh, oh it's true you can okay. say I, I know right now everyone listening is like I know like three people like I know yep <laughs> hopefully they're not saying like shit I'm that girl oh my <laughs> I, God. Hope, I hope they are I hope they're like oh shit like am I the simp like they need this paradigm like rip that bandaid off like you're simping he's playing you like come on Okay, so okay, so how does it influence hypergamy? Alpha's fuck, beta buck, straight up. Like if you're a fucking cent beta, you're not getting put on. That's just that's you're literally it up. <laughs> that's all it is. I know it sounded really bad, but it's like that's a fact. If you're a simp dude who is emotionally dependent on his woman, that is one of the least alpha traits you could possibly have. That's one of the least desirable traits a woman would ever want in a man. Someone who's emotionally dependent hypersensitive and just not emotionally intelligent like yeah. and like those they are say, all the main traits of being a simp what do they say alphas alphas fuck betas, uh, betas clean it up <laughs> oh, <Ew. shit. laughs> i never heard that before <laughs> that's new to me yeah. okay, okay all right i mean wait, wait from the woman's perspective if you're a simp you're doing hypergamy completely wrong because then Absolutely. Yeah. you're not you're not seeking to better yourself to be more attractive to like oh. high caliber men. No. And you're also not like um you're you're just choosing whoever will come. And so, go ahead. So is that like basketball wives, like all that stuff, like those kind of wives, those trophy wives? Is that the same thing as simping with not intentional with hypergamy? Because you know the ones who just specifically go for to be a trophy wife. Yeah. I think even them, even they have stages. Those women have me right. Yeah. yeah, I think even those women have, like... <laughs> you know, that's like those women have right there. Yeah, I'm talking about women who will just accept a man just because he's a man and he's giving me attention. Like, you're right. not, there's no, wow. there's no that's... benefit. There's no, you're not, you're not pushing your biological imperative to be with, like, the best male. You're just accepting whoever. And then you're losing a lot of resources like in the it's kind of like a psychological issue then you know she's just yeah. looking for a man i mean she's lost something or had a lack of their yeah. own father in her past so she's trying to find that that thing you know i'm gonna segue it's kind of funny I, I never liked when girls say daddy during sex that shit just throws me off man what really like, what? i might be that one dude because it just it just it's like it's just the wrong 
<laughs> just the wrong <laughs> title to call me in that situation. Because, I mean, if I flipped it, I can't call her mommy. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to work that you way. You can. You just got to say Spanish. Exactly. I can say mommy. You know? <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, yeah it's but it's still kind of weird, man. I don't know. It's oh just me. Goodness. I just never liked that. I was just like, not Aren't you part of Puerto Rican? You can pull it off. I could, but it's like, there's so many other nicknames I can call. And she can call me the other. But, yeah, every time. And every girl, they always say, it's like, don't don't say that. Don't say that. It's okay. Yeah. but okay. I would think uh, going back to that I think that's why it, it's a psychological problem uh, she probably needs therapy if she's just going for attention I don't think that has have to do anything with hypergamy at all it's just she's just looking for attention you're doing hypergamy wrong and I think it's again a lot of women who get caught up in those situations it's because they don't know their value as like feminine women and so because they don't know what their value is it's really easy to get addicted or trapped in these situations. And then like, you don't really take accountability for it. Like you'll make so many, you'll take, Oh, I'm thinking of certain people. So that's why I'm getting upset. But like, you feel very strongly about this. You feel very strongly. Are they listening? Uh, I don't know, but they should. They should. Um, it's just very frustrating because it. I think for men, they can get away with it. But for women, it's like a double-edged sword because you're giving up, like, you're losing, you're losing your emotional, you're losing your physical. It's just, it, it's a way to, like, get all types of used. And then, like, if we talk about bad boys, right? Like, s- female simps love bad boys. Because, yeah. like, <laughs> they, <do. laughs> they create this kind of, like, or bad boys create this kind of like up and down where they like you, they may not like you. And female simps just like are ready to jump to kind of like gain his attention or gain some type of validation from him. And like, it's just, it's just a toxic, a toxic mix. And it's from an own woman's not a, a woman, not valuing her own femininity. So she's doing hypergamy completely wrong. She's choosing men who aren't going to be there. Like it's, it's, is bad. I'd say a big percentage of women don't know their worth. So they're probably yeah. a big percentage of, of women who are simps just because they just, I think like a lot of women that I've, I've run across in my life that one of the biggest issues is they didn't know their worth. They didn't have that confidence. Yeah. And it's hard for them to maintain that. It's easier for men to grow confidence uh, than it is for women, I think, because women, they take so much in consideration of other people's thoughts and because they're tribal, you know, they are worried so much about society and everything and the people around them that it's hard for them to gain that confidence because the once I've seen it so many times too, once they get a form of confidence from something, an event or something happening in their life or, you know, just a mental uh, touchdown and they, they just somebody in their life, somebody closer to them always knocks them down. Always. Always tries to knock them down. And what's funny is usually another girl in their life, which is, yeah, um, exactly. and so it's harder. Yeah. So it's harder for them to gain that confidence. And then I would say on top of that, uh, men kind of have to be like it. uh, Alpha is, is straight up naturally going to be that thing. The girl wants that can't have, he's always going to be, uh, unattainable. Even in the relationship, he's going to have some form of unattainable. He's going to be a form of an enigma to keep her there. Women love curiosity. They get bored easily, right? So, you know, if they get with a guy and they find everything about this fool and he just becomes boring, he's, everything plateaus, they're obviously going to start looking for a better, a better dude to somebody who will help them in those areas or give them more in those areas. So mm-hmm. it's like 
a guy naturally, if he wants to be confident, he wants to grow to be an alpha, then he has to <clears throat> maintain that. He can't get too excited when she texts. He can't blow up her phone. If she texts him, hi, how you doing? He's, you're not supposed to go on there and tell her how your whole fucking morning is. You know, it's retarded. You know, you just say something simple. You try to, I mean, they have videos of this and it, it works. It's, it's real. You, you balance out her text. You never want to seem over uh, eager or overexcited. You just don't want to do that. You always want to maintain some form of being unobtainable. You just, it just, it works. It, it worked in my life. It's worked in some of my friends. Like I have uh, a friend of mine who's always been, just one of those dudes who can just get girls for some reason. Like he can walk in, he can go anywhere, anywhere and he'll always get a girl and he's not the most attractive dude. He just has the gift of gab and he just has that way about him. Yeah. And that's just how he is. He he'll pick a girl and naturally he can call her that night, but he just, the way he does things, you know, how he talks to her, you know, and he, uh, it's always letting her question him instead of him questioning her instead of him being so eager you know, he just keeps her, you know, it's that cat and mouse game. You know, uh, I find that women, I don't gravitate towards that more than a guy who just tells them everything right off the bat. You know, oh, girl, you're so beautiful. I really want to be with you. Oh, man, this, this is that and blowing up your phone. And he's talking about future shit. Those are her narratives talking about future stuff. Those are her narratives. And me personally, I've always thought the woman should say I love you first. I will never be the one to say it first. I just never have been and I never will be. So it took me nine months to tell my ex and we were together for three years. We even got married and it just took me nine, nine months to tell her that I love her because I had to truly be sure, you know, and she told me like within the fourth month, I believe. So it's just like, it's just one of those things. I, I felt that if I would have told her before her, I would have gave up some form of my own personal power. I think for me a lot, of the power in a relationship literally just resides in what will you say no to? Like just saying no. Right. So I, I agree. So part of me is that's hard for me. I'm a very social person, right? I like to talk. It's what I do. Like what girls really like for me is they know that when they talk to me, they're going to get an engaging conversation because I can talk without giving out my entire personal backstory. Right. Like I can talk right. about things like about ideas. I can say things that kind of intrigue her. And then, I do agree. You told me a long time ago, we first started working together, the whole playing tennis. We talked about the I love you thing uh, when I first started dating my ex. And it was like, that is like a golden nugget. And everyone used, every man used to take note about playing tennis. Like you can be socially, I'm not saying be boring, but especially if you are texting, if you see that she's trying to pull back in the conversation, you equally pull back. Don't press. Mm -hmm. Right? Like you just slowly and organically pull back. Now, I'm typically someone who's an initiator, right? I believe I'm going to talk to you when I want to talk to you. If you don't reply, that's on you. But I'm going to say hello. I'm going to say what's up when I want to. And it's typically because it's like, you know, hey, like, if I text you like twice and you don't really reply, like, it's just, I get it. Like, I can read it. And if you want to talk, you talk after that. So I don't really play the coy game a little too much. But in the sense of, like, being available, my antidote to that is just be busy. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't have to worry about waiting for, when am I going to text back? Am I seeing too eager? Live your life. Yeah. Be busy. I like to say that because that, that's how... Girls don't really want to be number one. Like, they don't really want to be the number one thing in your life. Right? Because if a woman knows she's the number one thing in oh, your life, number one? Power over you. immediately she's going to know. You sure about that, man? 
Absolutely. <laughs> women will say, I'm sorry, women will say they want to be the number one thing in your life a lot. It's not real. Because deep down, subconsciously, she knows if she's the number one thing in your life, that means she is your source of happiness, and that's not attractive to her. Like, like she knows that anything she does can just break you down. That you are the thing. That she is your kryptonite. Like, no one really wants to be that. No one really wants a man where it's like she – because it sounds great at first, but what's going to happen as the relationship continues, you're going to realize that if you're the number one thing in his life, he's emotionally dependent on you. But that's what happens. like it I, I don't see it as that i see i don't see it as like a power thing i i see it as like a priority thing like um when men value their feminine partners and it's like the number one her security and her happiness is his number one priority it's not because like um i think as a woman speaking like that that makes me feel like i bring value to his life like i look at i, I look at power couples like Michelle and Obama and like Jay-Z and Beyonce and you can tell that they prioritize each other you can tell Barack prioritizes his his woman um and then everything else like kind of revolves around that I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad thing like I I, because I think we live in a general like society where like men are taught to like go after their careers or like what makes them more higher in social status they don't really prioritize like relationships with women so like if a man does put you up on that like pedestal so to speak like it it's not that i feel responsible for his happiness i feel like i i matter at least that's that's so, how i see it. i agree with both of you i would say on um, markel's point that uh oh you agree I think, both i know I, I would say with markel's point I, I would say that he's right because i think men should uh, always have that number one thing and it should be their dream because that, that yeah. woman was never always there and he has to have a number one thing just to strive for his life to to get him to the points that he needs and he should always maintain that being number one and just because that's number one does not mean that she's any less important it's just that she needs to know subconsciously that she's not his everything because throughout history we've seen once you tell a girl or she knows that she fully 100% has you and she could, or she will, play mind games. She'll manipulate. She'll do other certain things. You know, it, it's just—it's not a good look for men. So it's always—it's—it's—it's it's, it's in their best interest. But it doesn't mean that she's—she's she's not. Like he—he he could say, like me, for instance. I always say this: art, because I'm an artist through and through, will always be number one. Always. Yeah. And then, my health is number two. It has to be right. And then she's number three, if I'm truly in love with her. And I tell women that. And I've had some girls be like, oh, why am I not number one? And I would say the same thing. Because art was there when I was like three. Blah, but blah, it's, blah. it's crazy you say that, man, because I know that you know, um, some people who are fathers out there, they understand that when it's a, when it's a child involved. Like, okay, well, your second over my, my child is going to be my first, um, first priority. And it's crazy that they don't see your your dream or your goal or your career as like the first. You mean like if that's your career, it's first. Um, some people who are religious faith, they see God first. You know what I mean? So, but that's okay when you bring child and God. Like, oh, okay, well, I can't can't compete with that. But but why is it a, why is it an issue with if you're a career driven or if you have this as a passion? People's perspective on it. People see. <laughs> Uh, things greater than the other. Somebody would say that I was ridiculous if they thought God was number one. 
or they would say that I was uh, not thinking clearly or I wasn't as thoughtful since, you know, theirs is number, their child is their number one. So it's, it's different people's perspectives on, on uh, what they see as number one. That's why I agree with Markel on that. Um, but uh, <clears throat> with uh, Anne Shirley, um, damn, what did you say again, Anne Shirley, real quick so I can, uh, um, it, it's not about having like, um, emotional control over a man. It's more like just knowing that as a woman, he values you like on that priority list. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so with all of my, I, my female relationships, even my, uh, my uh, current friends with benefits, I always try to, so like I was saying, um, in our group chat, I, I still maintain the same thing. I work out, I make sure I'm, I'm looking good, all these things, but I don't. And, and with my, even with friends and business, I'm always exclusive. You know, we don't really, we don't fuck around. We don't do any of that shit, you know, just to stay safe and healthy and shit like that. But she was even telling me that she, she loved the fact that I would try to help her help herself grow and be a better person instead of just mainly just trying to focus on myself, mm-hmm. not really giving two shits of what she's doing in her life. And just like what most people do, you know, they get together and they only focus on certain things of the relationship, like communication, uh, physical uh, attraction and love, and mm-hmm. then emotions. They don't care about any other stuff. And then they, and all this shit in life starts to happen, financial, all this stuff, and then they start to break apart. But I think, uh, like you were saying, if, if, if you both are trying to strive to be better and help each other be better, then there, there's no reason for hypergamy. You know, there's no reason for any, anybody's trying to simp or anything if you're both trying to actually help each other grow. And I think people should do that anyway in, in any relationship. Uh, Red Pill told me, because we worked together, he told me one day, he was like, if there's anything I can ever do to further your career, let me know. That's what real friends do. That's what friends do. That's yeah. what people should all, everybody should do that. You know, yeah. you, you should never put yourself out there. Obviously, you never should give more than you should give back. But you should always have a healthy hand. You should always try to make someone's life a little bit better while you're trying to make your life just the same. And I think uh, people should do that in all aspects of relationship, whether it be physical, intimate, or just friendship, or, you know, um, boyfriend, girlfriend, or marriage. I agree. Um, but I agree with that. Absolutely. But like... Can I add in? I'm sorry. Before you start. Yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to mention, you mentioned Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, you mentioned Jay-Z and oh, Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I say your purpose is number one, I, that's my thing. I think masculinity is knowing yourself. That is, that's it, right? And you don't look at it from like a good or bad standpoint because being incredibly narcissistic is still also a masculine trait. Being incredibly compassionate but self-driven is a masculine trait. Like the self, right? It's the singular focus is a masculine trait. Yeah. It's like... Do you think there were points in Obama, in the Obama's marriage, right, mm-hmm. where Obama was doing things for the country, fulfilling his his genuine purpose of wanting to be president, mm-hmm. where Michelle Obama didn't feel neglected just a little bit? And do you think that he wanted to neglect her to do those things, or do you think he just followed his purpose? No, I don't think he wanted to. And then you look at Jay-Z and Beyonce. There's probably points in Jay-Z's career where Beyonce was like, look, man, you know, we got we got our kid right here. And I, I kind of wish he wasn't in the studio right now, mixing all this great music up. But he was like, look, baby, I'm gonna be there. We will have dinner. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna give you all my attention after this. But this tape gotta go down. It's gotta be ready by Friday. Right? Yeah. So I'm not saying to your girlfriend, all right, you're gonna sit in the back seat everywhere we go. But it's like, just know, like, 
I love you and you matter. You incredibly matter. And part of me pursuing my purpose is whatever I gain for what I'm going for, I want to share with you first, right? Like you are the first person I'm going to hand this down to. But this is the thing that I have to do to feel like a man. And just like you were mentioning way back earlier in the episode where like, you know, a man from like a lower socioeconomic status are kind of bitter and resentful. Mm-hmm. They're twice as bitter and resentful if they're not feeling their purpose. Any man feeling like he's not doing what he wants okay. to do. Is- okay. All right. Yep. All right. Checkmate. <laughs> well played, both of you. Um, <laughs> all right. I agree. She's the only female here, so woman here. So, I mean, it's kind of hard for you're holding it down. I will say this. Women aren't like from childhood, girlhood, we aren't really raised to think like, what's your focus? What's your purpose? What's your dream? A lot of girls are thought to like think of others before themselves. And That's so, true. and they prioritize a lot of, they prioritize their families, everybody before them. Yeah. And so their dreams often take a backseat to fulfill the duties of family. I've seen it happen a lot. Yeah. 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 My mom was one. Especially like in more like traditional cultures too. I yeah. Know. yeah. So this is like, so I guess when I, when I'm, when I'm speaking of like, oh, like it, it tells me that you value me. I'm, I guess I'm, I'm thinking it from like a feminine perspective because that's what we are taught. Like you put everyone before yourself because you love them greater than yourself. But I think like men are, men are allowed to be more masculine and like self-directed. And because of that, they they lead with like what are my dreams what are my passions and then well, like other things kind of take a backseat. We we are still the main providers so like we have to have a form of we have to have a form to get that to provide for our families and and stuff and so it just it it the culture kind of drives us to that you know and just like you said you know when you're when you're a kid what what they uh, involve little girls in is, is being Susie Homemaker more than uh, going out there and being this and that, you know, and then the guys, you know, well, it should be a fireman or a police officer or astronaut. It's always some form of job. So it's, it's, uh, it's in, and we look at that. We were just, you know, we were all talking about that today. Like if, if it was, if men weren't doing that, we wouldn't be getting women because we couldn't provide for you, couldn't support for you, or we wouldn't be yeah. able to, take you out or fly you across the country or any of that shit. So all that fun stuff, you know, I will say this though, just to piggyback off of that. I do think men can be greater if they include more, like more people in that, in that spectrum. Does that make sense? Like if he's like, Oh, I'm working, I'm working a second job and I need to provide da 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 because I want to support my family versus like, Oh, it's just for me. Well, the greatest men have always led nations. They've helped large communities. Right. But was that for their male ego, or was it because they wanted to help people? I'm hoping to not help people. I saw I don't know. I don't know. Where it was, it was a post. It was, it was a comparison between Muhammad Ali and Mayweather, right? Mm-hmm. It was like talking about like giving back and being a great man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was Mike Tyson was responding to a comment where Mayweather said he's the best boxer ever, and he was like, "If you were the best boxer ever, you wouldn't have to walk the streets with bodyguards." And they had a picture of Muhammad Ali walking through like the roughest looking neighborhood. Muhammad Ali walked through the roughest looking neighborhood wearing nothing but jeans and a daishiki, right? <laughs> and he's chilling in the whole so it's like name a more arrogant man than Muhammad Ali. And he still gave back to his entire community. Name a more self-directed man than Muhammad Ali. He gave back to as many people as he possibly could. So yeah. you're absolutely right. The greatest of men give back. Good men are very self-directed. The greatest of men, kind of like I said, 
on their journey of this self-direction, they're giving everything. They're sharing everything. Yeah. But they have to go get it first. Yeah. Can't pour it into the yeah, but female simps don't even think of that they just they don't even think of themselves at all and that's why it's really easy to get infatuated in relationships and like lose your entire self in them um, yeah. the end. Right. that makes sense that makes sense okay so with the whatever minutes we have left i'm gonna end it really soon i know we've gone long than we're supposed to but we know we always do <laughs> we always do but uh, any things you guys want to add on before we end it? I really liked hearing Markel and Mondre's perspective on what it means to be a masculine man. Um, and it, like, we, we do recognize there's biological imperative, but, like, it's really about masculinity is what you make it. And, um, yeah, I, I, I appreciated hearing from you guys. Dang. Um, Change your perspective, huh? I mean, I can adapt. I'm, I'm flexible. Okay, okay. You should come out here. You know, <laughs> she used to come over here. Fuck, fuck, boys. Okay. <laughs> so hopefully this can give you a di- different perspective on different types of men out there. I mean, um, yeah. I think Madre and uh, Markel are, like, are, are very understanding of it. So, you know. I don't, you know, we had, you know, we had our disagreements, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's normal. It's normal. I mean, um, I, I think in this untold sense, it's cool. We cannot be like the other gender. I mean, like we, you know, it's an yeah, understanding. No. Yeah. No. So most people are trying to get in that mindset. Well, I want to understand you. I want to be like, no, no, it's just, there's going to be disagreements. So, I mean, with that saying, simping and <laughs> hypergamy, are uh, good topics to talk about, guys. I'm learning more about those terms. I've never heard that before. So, <laughs> um, but yes, I appreciate you guys putting this intel or putting your thoughts on it. Hopefully, people who are on our live stream and who are listening around the world, who are listening to Spotify, or whatever case may be, mm-hmm. are listening. Um, yeah. You, you guys, you want to say the fellas? You guys want to say anything? Wear your masks, wear your gloves, stay away from old people. Uh, <laughs> if you're black, apparently you need to start listening better or you're going to die faster. <laughs> or you're going to die. Yeah. Uh, in the house. <laughs> right. Oh, stay that part wasn't the recording. We're just dying at higher rates from coronavirus. Yes. Stay ass in the house. Yeah. Wash your hands. Wash your ass. Wash your hands. Wash, your, wash, your hands. wash everything. Also, I was doing this real quick. For anybody who likes to find like singular words to describe entire ideas, do so not sit there and like write everything out or think about everything. I found the perfect word for masculinity today when I was doing some some branding research. Apollonians. Apollonians. <laughs> Apollonians. That it, makes it me think of the old girlfriend Apollonians, right? Like you look at the contrast between I think it's Dionysian and Apollonian. It was like that totally explains masculine order versus masculine chaos. Like, once you read both those definitions, you totally be like, oh, I know plenty of guys who fall into these categories, like, purely. Spartans. <laughs> they were the initial savages. It's not we died. I already got the beard. We already got the beard. We already got the Spartan beard. We're ready. <laughs> I was just noticing that, too. I was like, man, y'all really wolf at it right now. Y'all. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, that's what happens we don't got, you know. I mean, I mean. No, it's hard. It's hard out here. It's 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 hard to to find a barber um, to cut our hair and do stuff like that. So that's why we we're wolfing it this this next couple of months or weeks, however long this. Well, is I, I've, I've cleaned the beard up, but it's like uh, it's thick as hell now. So I'm, I'm loving it. 
Yeah. You got that Hollywood beard, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood. Guys, you got the, so got the you know you're gonna be a writer. You got the Hollywood beard. Little, <laughs> little boy cat, black hair. Most people don't got those kind of genetics, man. <laughs> all he needs are the glasses hanging from the string, right? That's all he needs. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. Well, definitely. I appreciate you guys coming on again. Um, yeah, man. So, perspective. Thank you, man, Shirley. Yes, yes. Shout outs for you, the only woman here without Kylie. You've been holding it down. So, good, 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 good job. Good job. Um, it's a couple of things I want to say before I end it. <laughs> I know I put the link on our on my live stream and Facebook, so it has a Y Day Podcast link dot com. I'm gonna post these videos. Um, I'm gonna. I'm working with someone who's a graphic designer who's able to make a virtual 3D um, image for us. Right so I, I'm kind of holding back. I haven't been able to put the, put the videos up there, but I will soon at some point, and I'll I'll put, put it that, out there on the website. Patreon, <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> I'm gonna keep telling you guys, five dollars a month, okay, for 40, 35 minutes or forty five minutes before the show, a Q and A. So we might typically have a dating coach on here, um, love coach, relationship gurus, all on there. So you can ask questions prior. You have that access to it for $5 a month. So it's all on the website, whydaypodcast.com. Still on some shirts, guys. Still working on shirt stuff. <laughs> some gear. But um, that's all I want to say. But thank you guys for listening in. Thank you guys for tuning on the live stream. Uh, appreciate you guys all coming on. But that is it for me. Let's you guys... All right. All right. Cool. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You're welcome, man. Take care. All right.